Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And Maddie's not with us today, but we were able to sit down with a guest that's been on the show a handful of times, Steve Headland. He is the communications and events manager here at GAA, and he's here to talk about Goal 2021, the annual conference that GAA puts on. Uh, we normally have him, we've had him on multiple years to talk about Goal before it happens. We do it every time because there's always something new and fun ex- and exciting to talk about with Goal. Um, and we usually don't have him on until the middle of summer, maybe sometime around uh, July or August, to kind of get ready for the event in the fall. But the the event this year is vastly different than it has been in the past. And it's starting this month, in the next few weeks, and it's going to continue on into the fall. And you'll see what I mean when we get into the conversation. But we wanted to have him on to talk about all of that early so that you guys can get a sense of what to expect for a goal this year. But before we do that, we got to go through everything that we always go through. So remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. Hit that subscribe button so every new episode automatically downloads onto your device and you can listen to us at your leisure. And if you want to reach out to us, there are a few ways you can do that. We are on social at Aquademia Pod. Send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. Or you can visit our Aquademia section on the education tab at aquaculturealliance.org. Scroll halfway down the page, you'll see a contact us button and you can fill out a form. Do you want to be a guest? Do you have content ideas? We want to hear from you. That's right. And lastly, the way that we are able to get into that Apple podcast algorithm and climb up charts and and get exposed in more searches and and more lists um, to potential listeners is for you guys to leave us a rating and review. If you are able to, please take a couple minutes in whatever podcast platform you listen on. If there's an option to rate and review a show, please go ahead and do that. Leave a written review. Uh, That's just going to help us get up the charts and get exposed to more listeners and it'll help us grow the community and spread the word and the gospel of sustainable seafood. So thank you so much for doing that. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Steve and get excited about goal 2021. It's going to be really cool. We'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. All right, so we're sitting down with Steve Headland. Steve, how's it going? Good. First of all, good. thanks yeah, for joining good. us again. Like I was of saying, course. we do this every single year before the goal conference. We usually don't do it until like midsummer, like August, a little bit, you know, when we're getting close to the fall because that's when goal usually happens. But this is so different this year. There's a we're doing things a lot differently, and I'm going to let Steve get into that. But before I do get into it, I just want to harken back to the episode we did about Toto Aba, uh, which people really liked we've gotten some some good feedback and actually a couple calls and one person left us a voicemail i got it this morning i woke up to it this morning and they didn't leave a name or number so unfortunately i can't reach back out to them if you are the person that left that voicemail please you know send send us an email podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or call us again and leave us that information so we can get in contact with you and talk more about this but uh this gentleman said that he just finished listening to the toto Aba episode and um one thing he wanted to 
to talk about was when I was saying, I don't know how farming this is really going to have a beneficial impact on the wild caught population or the wild population of it. And if it would really be combating the endangered status of this species. And if you haven't heard the episode, go back and listen to it. You'll know what I'm talking about. But he, he wanted to point out something that I missed from the article was that there are restocking efforts in this aquaculture of this fish that's happening. So, Steve, I don't know how much you know about the Totoaba stuff, if you have anything you want to say about it while you're here. <laughs> but Only, um, only what, I've, what I've read. Yeah, so I just wanted to thank that caller and make sure that we corrected ourselves on air. Um, I would not really corrected ourselves because, you know, it was an opinion that I said, but um, that makes a lot of sense to me that, you know, if these farmers are farming fish specifically for seafood, that they are also farming fish um, with the intention of, of restocking some of this wild population with that. And restocking is a conversation that, that we'll probably have to have a couple episodes on restocking alone because that you know, that, that has its own complications and its own, there's opinions on restocking, farming for restocking too. But, um, I stand corrected that now I do think if they are <laughs> farming to restock, that it will have a, a good impact on that and it, and, it, and it can help. So, um, I appreciate that caller for calling in and, and telling us that and, and reach back out to us and we'll get in contact with you. Maybe we'll bring you on the show. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. So Justin, anything? Nope. I think you covered it. All right, cool. So Steve, Goal different this year, huh? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if there is an event organizer in any business that hasn't reinvented or or tried to to reinvent um, their event this year. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, so normally the goal conference it, it lasts over three days. Well, I guess technically kind of more like four days, right? Mm-hmm, three mm-hmm. days and a day zero. And it's in a different country every year, and and we go there, and we're we're usually there for like a week, getting things set up and broken down and all that. And uh, it usually happens in the fall, it's September or October. And then last year, we because of COVID nineteen, we were forced to pivot and figure out what we were going to do. We decided not to go to Tokyo, and we decided to do it virtually. And that event went on. How many days did that event last last year? Four days. Four days. Okay, and that was virtual, and it was. A lot. I mean, it was a lot of time in front of a computer. Um, and we're changing it up again a little bit this year because some things have, you know, some restrictions have kind of loosened up a little bit. So, you know, we're, we're changing things around again and getting a little creative. So, Steve, I'm just going to hand it off to you to kind of talk about everything that's new and everything that's going on and what people can expect this year if they want to participate in the Goal Conference. Yeah, thanks, Sean. It's, um, it's, it's more of a dual experience uh, this year with a series of virtual events and one in-person event. Uh, It's, um, you know, we found, as you said, Sean, that we crammed a lot into four days, uh, 15 hours of of content, uh, something like 50 or 60 speakers from 20 countries. It was what we would normally do. Didn't you have a number event. for like how many hours of content it was? Yeah, fifteen hours. I was gonna say it wasn't like nineteen hours. or fifteen hours of content. That's a yeah. a lot. It is. It That's is. It is. And while participation was, um, you know, we had about eight hundred active participants uh, the week of the event. We found that it wasn't really, you know, there's was just so much that you know members 
uh, weren't really consuming it on demand as much as we had hoped. Just because, probably just because there's so much. Right. So um, through, through member feedback, we thought, well, how about we spread out the content over the course of the year with one virtual event per month leading up to an in-person event in October. So that's where a lot the idea sort of sort of comes from. That and that I think we've all found that Zoom fatigue or, or Teams fatigue is setting in. Yeah. So asking for a seafood professional's uh, you know, a day <laughs> to or two days or three days to dedicate uh, to a virtual event is a lot to ask. Yeah. So with that in mind, we came up with this sort of dual experience. And from a content perspective, also, you're coming to the in-person event with a foundation of, of knowledge. You know, we've already talked about the topics that we would try to cram into the in-person event, sort of that foundation is, is already there so that when we're able to meet in person again, um, hopefully in Seattle in October, that foundation is already there and we can get into more in-depth discussions, um, more collaboration. And a little as more opposed, participation as opposed to exactly. lecture audience, you can have a little bit more interaction. Exactly, exactly. More interaction less um, uh, lecture and learn. So Very cool. We've also had a pretty big change on platform this year. So anyone that's listening to this episode who attended our virtual goal last year, they saw our platform. It worked fine. And I think we, like Sean said, we had a lot of information and spread over four days. Uh, but we learn a lot from experiences. And I think we, like we've talked about, we're going to do these this kind of um, all-encompassing learning venture. So you're going to take virtual, uh, learn through these virtual goals, and then uh, ideally attend the live event in Seattle in October. Again, that's depending on a lot of a lot of things. It's looking promising. We're just hoping you know the the pandemic is favorable and kind of out the window so that we can do this. But uh, what can you talk, Steve? Can you talk about the the platform a little bit and how it will look similar or how it may look different uh, compared to last year's? Of course, of course, Justin. So um, I'd say the user experience is, is superior this year compared to last year. I think event organizers were scrambling last year, as were uh, virtual events, platforms, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the user experience wasn't, wasn't always there. So um, we're working with a, a third party to custom build a virtual events platform with a much, much better user experience um, that focuses on the content, which is the general sessions and the breakout sessions. And that's really why, um, uh, really why attendees are there. Now, there's, there's also um, some networking functionality and um, uh, some not a, not so much a, a virtual uh, trade show as as home as a home uh, in the form of profiles for sponsors and corporate members, um, where attendees and sponsors and corporate members and others can interact. But the focus is on it's it's on the content, it's on the content, the live stream, 
and then on demand afterward. I, that's really the difference. Last year was quite a learning experience, um, and we decided, you know, hey, that the, the user experience has to be has to be top notch. I'd also add that I found, you know, I, I after after goal twenty twenty in October, I enrolled in a program called the Virtual Events Institute just to educate myself on best practices in virtual events or hybrid events with virtual and, and in person. And I found that, you know, I surprised, but, you know, they, the, the educators said, you, you got to remember now you're, you're not just up against other events in your industry, you're up against everything, distractions, personal, professional, um, entertainment, everything. And they emphasized the need to be entertaining, mm -hmm. that these uh, uh, virtual events not just be educational and informative, that they be entertaining. So I thought, okay, <laughs> because, you know, it's, so that made me think, okay, we got to, it's got to be a better production quality there. So um, what I'd say is uh, this year's series of virtual events will be, professionally produced um, and they'll be very slick and they'll be two hours or so and, um, and and we're almost treating it like entertainment um, yes it's educational yes it's informative but it'll be it'll feel like uh, two hours where you're almost watching TV or something to that effect I, I really that was one of my major takeaways from from the program I participated in late last year so. edutainment well, I think we can all attest to some of the virtual events that we all attended last year. I mean, a lot of us do professional development throughout the year, and many of those opportunities had to go virtual just because of the, the pandemic. And I think as the year progressed and platforms advanced, technology kind of switched gears and really looked at what, what features need to be enhanced to really get all those um, features you were talking about, Steve. I think the platform itself can just have a look and a feel that's entertaining in itself, you know, as long as it's user friendly. Um, but also, like, I, I know I don't, I don't think you've mentioned this yet, but anyone who is signed up or registered, if they miss a session, will they'll have the pre or they'll have the recorded versions that they can watch whenever they want. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And the platform stays open year round. So you can go in and out at any time. Great. Yeah, so how great. many of these virtual events are we planning on having? Planning on seven between April and October. Okay. And what can we expect from those? Are they going to be a lot of open panel discussions, interviews, presentations? Uh, I just want to kind of give the people an idea of what they can expect. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, keynote addresses or, or what we're, we're, we're calling kind of fireside chats mm -hmm. with uh, people in seafood and, and not in seafood. Um, our, our, the, the, the keynote address for our first virtual event is a gentleman who's um, uh, just now dipping his toes into aquaculture, but he's very well known in, in Silicon Valley. And, and that's uh, Tony Fidel, who's uh, an investor and entrepreneur. And just to get someone like that, who, uh, who this, our seafood audience doesn't normally hear from, is, is uh, I think, in, impressive. So that, and then also um, 
presentations, some of which are pre-recorded, some of which are live. Same with uh, question and answer panel discussions. Audience can interact through uh, Q&A and polling. Um, and with uh, breakout sessions, it's actually, the audience is more of a passive participant mm. in a general session. But in a breakout session, uh, it's almost like a Zoom call or a Teams call where um, everyone's on screen and they can interact no, that's through, cool. uh, through a moderator. So it's, uh, and, you, and uh, attendees would register for that uh, breakout session. So, so we're able to cap the number of participants at, say, 30 or 40 or 50, whatever's manageable. So um, I, I, I think that gives, it, it gives, gives attendees uh, multiple uh, means to interact. So That's fantastic. And that's new from, we didn't have breakout sessions last year, right? Right. That's, that's yeah. totally new. That's, that's pretty totally cool. New. And then what about the live event that we're planning as of right now? Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it could be a little bit iffy, but what, what's the plan right now for the live event out in the fall? Well, it, it's, it's actually, I want to say it's almost like good and bad. You know, COVID was sort of a wake up call for anyone in the uh, events management space because you're, you're kind of rethinking your in-person event and the value of your in-person event to the attendee. And, um, I, I, the in-person goal will be uh, more of an intimate um, workshop style affair uh, where, uh, where attendees are, um, uh, you know, are, um, are, are getting more value out of the networking aspect of the event versus the, you know, the, the lecture and listen that we were talking about earlier. So um, that, I, I think that's what, that's what kind of changes with uh with with goal and that's what we're looking at in in seattle in october so are you looking at i know like in past goals we always had some presentations or performances or you know celebrations of local culture and stuff like that is there anything like that in the in the works for this year as well or are we really drilling down and focusing on the networking aspect of it and that's going to kind of be the the main highlights no, there was there will there will still be a uh, a general session, definitely, um, but it won't take up three quarters of each day as it has in the past. Yeah, that's what I would say. Cool. Um, and then we we'd also be looking at maybe sort of a hybrid experience too, where if a speaker can't travel to the venue, then maybe perhaps we're able to stream them in and just just being more creative with how we interact with with the, with the program. Um, and then again, uh, setting aside more time for networking a half a day or three quarters of a day. So. Awesome. Um, and then are we able to say the name of a venue yet, or are we not, not releasing that information? No, unfortunately not yet. Okay. We, um, (laughs) haven't announced it yet. Uh, we're still, uh, taking a, a, a sort of a wait and see approach, but we, we we intend on on uh, we're going to do whatever we can to hold hold an in person event. Well, we'll uh, make sure when the, when those when that information is announced that we'll um, we'll be sure to let our listeners know about that too. How can people sign up? How do people get involved? How can they join these sessions? Let's let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, just 
become a GA individual or corporate member. Uh, last year, we opened up a virtual goal to all, uh, all GAA individual and corporate members, and we're doing it again this year. Um, we really don't see uh, the benefit in uh, charging a registration fee. Um, this is really about uh, you know, adding value to membership so any member can uh, participate in any one of the seven virtual events as a as an attendee. So um, and and that's what uh, that's what's great about it. We'll get more interaction and uh, and uh, and also bring more value to to our sponsors who are trying to get in front of the right people. I think um, I think that really worked last year. Uh, yeah, and I know you said last year you had like eight hundred attendees. Correct. Which is more than twice as many as we would normally get at the in-person event every year, right? Yeah, correct, correct. We'll we'll do between 350 and 500 okay. and 50 depending on yeah. yeah so significant um, a not insignificant increase <laughs> um which is <laughs> which is nice. And so I think you'll you'll see more more of that increase this year as well as you're offering different times and different um you know, shorter sessions and stuff like that. So like you said, it's just going to build the community and, and encourage more interaction, which is fantastic. And then if people wa want to go when the information is out um, about the in-person event, if people want to go to that as well, we'll also share the steps that people would go through to register and go to that event as well when that's available. So uh, what else do you want to say about it? Anything else? You know, it's a quick episode. We just really want to make sure this is starting in a couple of weeks. So you know, let's let's yeah, make sure people are I, aware of the first event, and then anything else that you want to say about it. Well, I I'd like to plug the first virtual event, which yeah. is taking place on Thursday, April fifteenth, and session one is titled "Tomorrow's Aquaculture Will Be Shaped by Today's Emerging Technologies." So again, that features an interview with um, investor and entrepreneur Tony uh, Fidel, who we're very excited to, uh, to that he's. Um, taking time to, to join us. And uh, we're showcasing eight business who, businesses that are running on what could be sort of this foundational deep technology for, for aquaculture. And the session is being moderated by our very own uh, Jamie Wright, who's the editor of the Global Aquaculture Advocate. Um, I, we, we typically, um, at least every other year, address um, uh, the investment and and technology in uh, at at goal, and uh, this just happens to be the, the the first of the seven virtual events this year, and this should be a should be a very entertaining session, as we're gonna, uh, in addition to this um, 15, 20 minute interview with with Tony, we're gonna hear from these um, from another eight uh, entrepreneurs who you know who maybe household names in aquaculture and fisheries in, in five years or so. Um, Jamie does uh, such an excellent job of staying on top of uh, cutting edge technology in, in his publication and to have everyone in the same place at the same time. Um, you know, so I think this would be appealing not only to our audience, but to people outside aquaculture who are looking to uh, invest in the space. Also joining uh, uh, Jamie are, are Karsten Chrome with Hatch Blue and Amy Novogratz with, with AquaSpark, who are in the acceleration space and are really 
uh, on top of things as it comes to cutting edge technology. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, and then we've got other topics, uh, the usual topics at Goal. We always address the major challenges and opportunities facing aquaculture. And for the others, we're looking at COVID-19 impact on trade sourcing and consumption. That's that's in May. Yeah, and that's something that um, we've been talking about for a year now. And so there's a lot of data out there now at this point. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. We're going uh, it's, to – it's constantly shifting. So it's been six months since we talked about it. So we're going to talk about it again, looking back at the last six months and looking ahead to the next six months. So, so that should be um, – that should be informative. And then in June, we're focusing on new product development and innovation. The topic we haven't really delved into much in, in, at Goal in years past. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, we're going to get creative with that one too and try to even include a, a cooking demo or two. Again, with the entertainment. So Nice, yeah. So I, you know, I, that, that's, that should be unique and exciting. And then, then the other, um, you know, we're, all, we're also looking at the typical topics, animal health and welfare, social accountability and worker voice, uh, aquafeed and aquafeeding ingredient sustainability, um, and, and then also uh, paradigm shifting aquaculture production systems and the latest and greatest in production. So uh, these, these topics in, are near and dear to the, the hearts of our audience, and we're going to continue to do our best to just carefully curate a two hour program that provides, uh, that's not, where again, not only uh, educational and informative, it's, it's entertaining and it's something you can share, yeah. share with others. So, so Steve, how much of the wild fishery sector do you think will be integrated into, into this, uh, into these seven sessions? Yeah. So last year we dedicated one of, nine sessions to wild fisheries and this year it's different it'll be uh wild fisheries content will be um integrated into each of the seven virtual events uh for example with the social accountability and, and worker voice session we're looking at you know splitting it up 50 50 looking at first at wild fisheries and then at aquaculture so There'll be more of that this year, probably around 15, maybe 20% of the content overall uh, will at the virtual events and in-person event will focus on wild fisheries. And we look to be um, increasing that over time uh, as we as sort of transition here from the Global Aquaculture Alliance to the Global Seafood Alliance. That's exciting. I mean, as we transition here, as, as Steve said, to the Global Seafood Alliance, there's a lot more terminology and acronyms and, and a lot of learning for us within the company, but it's going to be really interesting and, and exciting to see how our audience may shift a little bit at these, at these goal events, one for the virtual part, but as you know, as we can continue to have these, uh, at least the live session, which I've attended the last three, this would be my fourth one. Uh, you always have the, after, I think, by my third goal, I recognized at least half of the half of the crowd. Yeah. Uh, my guess is as we balance that wild fisheries with aquaculture uh, content area, that the the, the audience may uh, grow. It definitely should grow, but there'll also be some new players on the on the show floor, so to speak. So it'll be interesting, and it'll be a learning curve for all of us, but it'll be fun. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited too. 
Um, Steve, anything else you want to get out about goal this this year, goal 2021, before we sign off? Uh, no, no, other than to encourage uh, listeners to participate. Uh, GA individual membership is only fifty dollars, yeah, so it's, it's, this is very accessible. It's an absolute Whereas steal for past, an online yeah, event. Absolute steal. Yeah, it, 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 at in-person goal in years past, it just wasn't quite as accessible yeah. because of travel and registration fee. But we've we've really opened it up, yeah, uh, as much as we possibly can. So, and, and through the support of our sponsors, um, who who we're really grateful for, and so far this year we've. Fortunately, had the uh, the U.S. Soybean Export Council, uh, MOE and and Devi Seafoods uh, sign on so far to to support uh, Goal through sponsorship. So we really appreciate that. We couldn't do it without our sponsors. And if any other companies are interested in in becoming a sponsor of Goal or of the Aquademia podcast, feel free to reach out to us podcast at aquaculturealliance.org, or you can reach out to Steve, and we can have that contact information in the show notes as well. All right. So with that, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to see you, my friend. And uh, thank you. I guess we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Folks, that was our conversation with Steve Headland, all about goal 2021 and what to expect and all of the changes. All sounds like really cool stuff. I'm really excited. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to contact us, Justin is going to tell you how to do that right now. We are on social at Aquademia Pod. Send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org, or visit us on the education page on aquaculturealliance.org. Halfway down, click the Contact Us button. That's right. And like we said in the beginning, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you tell your friends and get excited for goal. Check out all of the links in the show notes to figure out how to get involved. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Ciao.